0: Thank you, Scott. Thank you, team. Uh, great worship and good chance for us to try to look up and honor God. Nice to be with you. My name is Newt. Uh, I was named after Newt Rockne, uh, who's a Notre Dame coach. And my dad always called me Rock, and I always have rooted for Notre Dame. I found three people in the chapel that would work with me and root for Notre Dame. And I'm looking for f- friends here. But I- <laughs> the other day, uh, I not long ago at a, at a restaurant. I won't say which name because I'd have to say all the other ones for equal time. But it was one where they give your name, you know, Panera. And uh, I always say Lars because they can never spell Newt right. Uh, Gingrich has it wrong. Uh, so, I, But I said uh, to myself, I like my name, and I said Newt. And I, to help her, I said K N U. T E. About five minutes later, I heard Quinte, and <laughs> so I gave up. I'm am so happy that Mike is here as your pastor. Uh, just knowing the church a little bit, and I and I knew Al Decker who served in an interim here, and and uh, I pray that your relationship will continue as it has started, and it's entirely up to all of you, of course and all of us. But the church and a pastor is a marriage of sorts and it it works well when it's done in in a biblical fashion. Thank you for wanting that and doing that. I'm going to speak from Philippians chapter one about the church and about the partnership with each other and with your leaders and with God. I know and Mike and I have discussed that you've just gone through Philippians and he's covered this. But the theme of partnership that he had comes out in this first chapter, so it would be good for us to look at it again. This is the book of Philippians, and uh, it's the book where Paul is writing. Uh, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to need this. <laughs> Palm Sunday, that's where we are. I don't want to lose track of that. It's, it's a big day, not because of uh, basketball or anything that we like as fun things of life, but because... This week, we celebrate what our Lord did on the cross. At first, he's honored, you know. Five days later, they're yelling, crucify him. And it's just, it's an awful thing. And as we go, I'm gonna just go to the next one, uh, right here in a second. Uh, Watch us. See, this is my secret signal when we go. Here we go. The next one is a picture of, it's actually the same picture from the Palm Sunday that we have, and it's, it's a reminder. Uh, join me in your Bibles in Philippians chapter 1. Here we go. Good news for this church, and it's Paul. And let's start reading at verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always at every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. Here's why. Verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel, Clearly, uh, this is our theme for the book in many ways, in the gospel, from the first day until now. And then this famous verse 6, which is great confidence. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, on the back of your bulletin is an outline. I try to write a sermon in one sentence if you'd like to follow. If nothing else, it's a good help to know about when I'll be done. I'll be done when we get to the bottom. In fact, last Sunday at a different church, I saw a guy say, look, honey, he's almost at the bottom. <laughs> Can't wait. So uh, this is Philippi. It was a seaport town. Think Lake Erie, but think, uh, uh, think more like New York, and a lot of sin and a lot of uh, haggling about uh, morals and, and wrong things. And this is the famous city where Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. In fact, the the jailer who felt the whole jail crumble and Paul and Barnabas escape by God's hand said, what must I do to be saved? Some people think he meant his job. I surely think he meant his life. And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And many converts came. It's a wonderful city and it's a great story. And let me call you. I know some of you are guests, and this is a great place to be if you're a guest. And if you're not even sure of Christ, it's great that you're here on a Sunday because we're talking about what it means to live like this with Christ in combination. And Paul's writing to them to get them ready and fortified for the days ahead their partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, we're having trouble here. Yes. It went the whole way down. Thank you. Thank you for coming forward. (laughs) I really can do this. But we're going to point instead. We're partners with God. Here it is in verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Verse 4, always in every prayer. Verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel, from the first day until now. Friends, if you're a guest, you are in a way, but if you're a part of the church, the local church, you're a partner with God, with Paul, and your leaders here, and with each other. It's a huge issue, and a number of times he says to these people, you're partners with God, and he uses the word koinonia, fellowship. We're connected with God to live this life, and to build his church. Whoa. So that's not passive. That's not just saying good luck or pastor that was good this week. I hope you're better next week. Or whatever you may do. It's a partnership for all of life with God. Uh, let me remind you a little later. I'm sure it stood out when Mike went through the book. In Philippians 2 he says, verse 12, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Whoa. Whoa. Now here salvation could be translated good health, and he's telling the church to get stronger. Work it out. And the next verse says, and God will work in you. But some people never work out, so God doesn't work in them. If somebody said, well, I was just working out, you'd, you'd think he was at the gym or jogging or something. Work out your own good health and your your obedience to God, and your unity as a church, and God will work in you to will and do, it says, of his good pleasure. Uh, There's a beautiful picture of this in Joshua chapter 3, Old Testament, and the children of Israel, many of the soldiers and others, were to cross the Jordan River, not the Red Sea, that's another time, but The Jordan River was at flood stage. Kids, that means very high and very rapid and dangerous. And God told Joshua to tell the people, listen to this, when you put your feet into the water, the first ones are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, when you put your feet into the river, I'll stop the river. Hello, I'm sure some of them said, who's going to go first? Well, if I were doing it, I'd have the youth pastor and the care pastor, John, and some others and i'd say i'll watch (laughs) no it says as soon as they put their feet into the river it stopped it stopped because god said stop if god says stop the river stops builds a wall when god said let there be light there was light because god said so not because congress ordered a committee When God says it, it is so. When Jesus stopped the storm at the Sea of Galilee, he simply said two words, peace, stop. And the the wind stopped and the sea grew calm. If he says it, it is so. But our job is to do, trust him, to take the first step. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, the famous resurrection chapter, he said, By the grace of God, I am what I am. Papa used to say that. I am what I am. By the grace of God, Paul was a new person in Christ. And then he said, and this grace in me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than anyone. Whoa. And he caught himself. Yet not I, but the grace of God that is in me. One time in Galatians, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. I started life over when I trusted Christ. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. It's a partnership. Don't look at the Christian life as something you just salute or say in the true and false test, yeah, yeah, I believe. It's a partnership. Not I, but Christ in me, and we live this way. So Paul was a partner with God. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, the, the, the people were also partners with Paul himself. A number of times in this letter, he uses a word for partnership or, as I mentioned, fellowship. Uh, your partners, let me just apply it, you're partners with, with Mike and with your church board and your staff. We work together. Don't put them on a wrong kind of pedestal. Paul said, you stood with me in my imprisonment and you shared the gospel and I do too, we're partners, partners with Paul. And in fact, when we do things at Newcastle or you do exactly where you live, you're partnering with, and in many ways, with God and with the leaders of the church, the foundation of Peter, Paul, and James, and all the others. And then the obvious application also is we're partners with each other. You may not know everybody in church. You can only know 90 people. So the church has been large for a long time. But we still serve together, partners with each other. And that means we're a team. Uh, Many people have been excited about Loyola recently. Now they play Michigan next week. So I'm I'm torn because I love the underdog. But they play like a team, and they all said, we believe in each other. One of the guys said, I want to say this first. We do this for the glory of God. That was neat to hear. And then the coach said, these guys really believe in each other. A church is a group of people, frail as we are, who work together as partners. Is that you? There are p- I coach churches now, and, uh, and I get involved in some problems, of course. And I'm old, and I'm out of town, so I'm going to leave town. So I'm pretty candid, and I say, what are you trying to do to each other? I said that to a group recently in Illinois. Uh, not in Pennsylvania, It's not true. And, uh, <laughs> people are loving here but serious what the church we're partners together will you keep doing that and serve together as a team when we were in Akron uh, I got to speak a lot to businesses in the area the church was large and it was right downtown so often I gave a talk 20 minutes on teamwork and I said I got to share my faith a little bit and I said wouldn't be pushy I'd like to summarize how we work together, that talk, not in 20 minutes, but in 90 seconds or two minutes at the most. But I need your help. Give me a T. <coughs> Come on, better than that. Give me a T. <coughs> tie your heart to God's, I would say. When you make a, a, a wheel, a tire at, at Goodyear, when you do chemistry or teach next door at the University of Akron, tie your heart to God's. Jesus was a carpenter for 20 to 30 years. Everything we can do can can be for the glory of God if we do it with our heart tied to God, especially church, but no, everything. Give me an E. Embrace a sense of mission. Don't just, we're doing something that Jesus said the church should do, the great commission to help the whole world learn who Christ is and become disciples so you embrace, back to LeBron just for a moment, you, you watch him go to the basket this afternoon. Uh, he's on a mission, sometimes hard to stop. Uh, in church, embrace a sense of mission. You're not just putting in time. You're on a great journey together. Give me an A. Allow for differences. There are funny people in every church Point to one right now. No, <laughs> no but we're different. We, people in churches argue about the dumbest stuff from music to theology to how we started a meeting. Come on. You allow for differences. We've been married 56 years. My wife still does not to- squeeze the toothpaste correctly. <laughs> we always buy two. It's not hard to solve that. Just buy two tubes, whatever you call them. Allow for differences. Church fights and splits are over the dumbest stuff. Love Jesus Christ. Allow for differences. Give me an M. Make every effort for excellence. When you do your part, and notice this with the greeters today, and everyone, when you do your part with the little kids, the, the people who are really making this church are back there watching your kids right now, or working with the youth other evenings, or helping behind the scenes, Uh, But make every effort for excellence, whatever you do, do it with all your might. The Bible says that. So we're partners with God, and it works very well. Um, Some of you are married. uh, Here's a picture of two married people, and uh, Jane and I are married. Uh, Did God bring us together, or what was my part? Yeah, both are true. You look back in the rearview mirror, and you see God shepherding, but when you're dating or figuring it out, you you, you talk, you, you you listen, you you look at differences. It took Janine three years to decide to marry me, and I was ready in two hours. And or, no, I mean two years. And anyway, <laughs> which part is God's? You know, God leads you as a church. You had a good search committee. Uh, you you. Uh, you you study, they investigated Mike in, in a good way and, and, and studied, but you look back and you see God's grace. And that's true of so many things in life. Work out your own salvation and your good health and your Christian growth and God will work in you. Here's three runners that are very, very fast. How did they get that way? Well, God made them that way. Yeah, that's true, but they worked out. And That's true in a church when it's strong. Our neighbor had beautiful flowers in the backyard. Uh, We didn't have them. That's not fair. Why wouldn't God put flowers in our yard? And you know why. Because we didn't work them out, and we didn't work at it. Some churches have good unity and people worshiping together and growing together. Why? Because God helps them, yes. But they also are committed to that and work at it. Keep going. Uh, About a year ago, no, just when I point, now, we were going to go fishing, we were going to go fishing, and I asked Mike to put the boat in the water, and Mike and I will never fish together again. Work out your own salvation. We're partners with God in work. Look at verse 6 now. Here's a great promise for the church. It's beautiful. Verse 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Whoa. He who began a good work in you, our Lord began this in you. That's that's God. It's obvious. Will finish it, bring it to completion, until that day. Now, I don't know where you are on Calvinism and Arminianism, and some of the fights are pure word, word usage, but we all know this. God began the work in us. God chased you. And when you believe in Jesus Christ, he begins that work as a child of God, and you grow, and you put your faith in Christ. And God began this church through people, maybe some of you, but people way back, And God will continue to work with the church until that day, the day of Jesus Christ. I do always remind a church and individuals how that begins. It begins when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and are saved. Acts 16 at Philippi, Paul said that. Now, I'm going to give a true and false test to a demon just for a moment. I'm just pretending. Uh, Jesus is the Son of God, true. Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. True, the demon says. Jesus rose from the dead the third day. True. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Obviously, he drops out. Clearly, it's not just believing facts. It's believing that when Jesus died on the cross, all my sins were there. And I put my faith in him for that the theology of the bible is so clear that all the sins of the old testament adam and eve david and bathsheba solomon isaiah all of the, all of them were put on jesus christ when he died all the sins of the new testament peter james john mary all the rest me you tomorrow yes were judged he took the judgment the world turns the sky turns dark purple and The rocks shake and he cries out, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's because our sins were on his back. And he also cried out, it is finished, which means it is paid for. And so when you believe in Jesus Christ, put your faith in him, him alone, his judgment on the cross counts for you. You will never be judged for your sins. When you hear people say, I guess I'm being punished for my sins, say nonsense. They were punished in Christ. And when you believe in him, his righteousness, then, the Bible teaches, covers you. Whoa. His death counts for you. His righteousness, perfect righteousness. You have to be perfect to go to heaven, and perfect is a gift. When you believe in Jesus Christ, his righteousness covers you. Is that you? Is that where you rest? And from then on, we're to live in combination with Christ, like this, Lord of our lives. We make decisions, we ask his wisdom, and he gives us strength and helps us live that way, as in marriage. If you're married, you live this way, every way, emotionally, spiritually, physically. It's so easy to live this way. One time I forgot to tell Janine that uh, 20 or 30 people were coming for dinner on a Tuesday. (laughs) That's living like this. Uh, when the doorbell rang, I did remember. <laughs> and we had pizza that you can buy and comes in. And it only happened once. But clearly, that's the way we're to live with Christ also. Will you keep doing that? In work, God will continue. And also that work is over every day. He continues. He will work together with you in this church right here at First Baptist he'll work in your personal life. And you know that because if you're in Christ you're convicted when you sin. You feel it in your conscience. You're helped by his sovereign grace and we keep going. He'll work together with this church and with the church at Philippi. He told them, "Don't be afraid." First four letter word you ever said, mine, me too. And we need a savior. But when we live in the Savior, then we're called to live this way. And he'll walk with us now and daily until that day. One time I was running in a 10K race. Never ran fast. uh, uh, But I always ran because we had multiple services. But on this day, on a 10K is 6.2 miles. Nothing was coming. I tried to get it and pull for it and it wasn't coming. And an old man that had to be really, really old, probably my age, passed me, and he had an honest, he had a squeegee of honey in one hand and water in the other, and he's going like this as he runs, and I thought, I don't have anything. And then a woman passed me on my left. And I'm not a chauvinist, but I ain't gonna let no woman beat me. (laughs) So I was gonna quit. And another man came by, and I said to him, it's all yours, motioning to this hill, it's all yours. He said, no, run with me. And then he looked at me, we're going up a big hill. He said, lean over, lean over, take shorter steps. So I leaned over, took shorter steps. I don't know how much was adrenaline or pure ego, but it started to come and we ran together. The last two miles, we just ran together the whole time. One time I turned to him and said, tell me I can do it. He said, you can do it. I said, you're just saying that. (laughs) But we made it to the end of the race. In fact, we sprinted the last probably about 300 yards. Maybe 30. <laughs> okay, we lunge, the last three. <laughs> Lean over in life. He'll walk with you every day. Lean up, take shorter steps. Don't be a big deal as a church or an individual. He'll walk with you. He'll run with you until that day. That's the day of Jesus Christ. That's what it says here at the end of verse 6. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Friends, if you don't know what that day is, you've got to read it. Look it up in the Bible five or six times. That day, the day of Jesus Christ. Martin Luther was famous for saying, you only have today, two days, today and that day. The day when we give account of our lives and when all the world will know. And Christ, our Lord, will keep us going until that day. And on that day, you'll realize his righteousness covers you. In God's eyes, you're perfect, and Jesus Christ, we're called to live that way now in partnership with Christ until that day, and he'll keep working with the church until that day. It's a wonderful promise, and it's all from Christ. When Paul talked about the pain of life one time in Romans 8, he said, the whole world groans, waiting for the day when Christ comes back. And on that day, uh, groaning will stop. And therefore, he said, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Well, now wait a minute. What about all the horrible shootings and all the pain in life? Yeah, we still try to cure that, but we know that someday that groaning will stop when Christ returns for his church and as Lord of all the universe. Do you rest in that? All creation, Paul said to those people, were more than conquerors through him who loved us. Wait a minute, this was the Roman Empire in 62 AD, and in 64, Nero would kill many Christians. More than conquerors? Yes, in Jesus Christ. And I would ask you today, where is Rome now? Not what it was then. Where's the church now? More than conquerors, growing all over the world, especially in South America and Africa. Because when we abide in Christ, He serves the church and loves the church and helps us on the Great Commission. Keep going. And the promise is, He'll keep going with us. My reminder is that all of this goes back to the cross and what He did for us there. That's our worth. This is not my church or your church or Mike's church or the board's. It's Christ the Lord. And as we feature him, we keep going in the way and we serve. Well, the picture of serving is for all ages as we serve together in Christ. Say so you? Keep going. Don't wave at the church. The last part of this verse says it so well, and it says, well, let me say something about Billy Graham first. He was my hero, and in many ways, he, he typified what we, what we all want with faithfulness. At 95, he said, don't worry for me when I die. Kids, he said, I'm in a better place. But he died in faithfulness, and so can you, so can I, as we walk with Christ and obey him. Keep going. The rest of the verses here say something very clearly about it's all based on love. And I'll just note them. In verse 7, he talks about it's right that I I care about this. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart. Verse 8, God is my witness how I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. Verse 9, it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. The church of all groups is a place of love where people love each other. And Paul says, uh, a pastor loves the church. Mike already, just here five, six months, loves you. And you love him. And we, we love each other in the church. And Paul says, I pray that your love will grow more and more. How does love grow? You pursue it. It doesn't come to you. You run after it. You work out your love with fear and trembling, and God works in you to love each other and love the world around here and the world in distant places. That's the church. That's the church that obeys Christ and and walks in him and chooses what is excellent. In the the next verse it says, you approve what is excellent and filled with the righteousness of Christ and for the glory of Christ. That's the purpose of life. When Job was facing pain in the Old Testament, God took him outside and, and showed him the universe, in a way, in Job 39, 40, and 41, he said, Job, where were you when I created the earth? Job, were you ever at the bottom of the sea? Do you know where I store the lightning? And Job's going, huh? Job's starting to believe theories about life, and just like people do that hurt the church sometimes. And, and God calls Job on it and says, you need to trust me. But he does it by showing him the universe. The universe, as far as we can tell from a Hubble telescope, is 93 billion light years across. 93 billion years of traveling at 186,000 miles per second. Why? So we'd go, oh. So we'd worship and honor him. And, And God says to Job, Tell me, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And Job's going, uh, uh, uh. and he falls on his face and he worships. He says in Job 42, I have thought of things, I have given counsel on things too wonderful for me. This is way above me. And he trusts God. Will you do that? Trust him for salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, follow him as Lord. Trust him for this church and be partners together with each other and with your leaders in Christ. Trust him for the future when he will bring all things under his lordship on that day, day of all days. Will you keep going that way? Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus Christ, Lord of all creation thank you that we can trust him and what he did at Calvary and in the resurrection but also what he will do for us this very day as you pray if if you are in Christ live in combination just thank god not out loud but for eternal life for a purpose in life the purpose to glorify god if you're not sure of that just Quietly, not out loud, ask God to help you know if this is true, what it means to believe on Jesus and to follow him as Savior and as part of his church. God, please help us. Thank you for hearing every heart. Thank you for helping us walk in Christ and love and serve. As we pray, let's just thank him as we sing I see. Thank you for your eternal grace, the richness of Jesus Christ, his righteousness credited to us to help us live by his spirit. Please walk with this church every day, with each of us individually. We pray all this with thanksgiving that you are the Lord of the church through Christ your Son. In the name of Jesus, who walked on water and raised the dead, and went to tax cheats houses and ended up at ours to walk with us. We pray in his name. Amen. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Newt. Newt has adopted me, I think, as his grandson from another marriage. And I think it's only fitting that we adopt Newt as our honorary grandfather here at First Baptist Church. Can I get an amen? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, let's stand as we receive our closing doxology. This is Paul in his letter to the Ephesians. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go in his grace.